Welcome to In Your Area. This episode features three separate conversations centered around the CRTC's Do Not Call list and specifically the requirements of industry members in Alberta. Our first recording is courtesy of Roger Arsenault. Roger is the broker owner at Maxwell Canyon Creek in Calgary and has had personal experiences with the Do Not Call list recently. Roger graciously offered to share his experiences, both the good and the bad, and offer some learnings from the process. We hope you enjoy. Hi, my name is Roger Arsenault. I'm the broker at uh, Maxwell Canyon Creek in Calgary. And today I'm going to talk about the uh, do not call legislation requirements that uh, us as realtors and brokerages are required to uh, comply with. The CRTC has uh, developed the uh, program and in conjunction with CREA, we now have this uh, policies or process in place that we must comply with. It's the time period for um, from the time that a person is um, told by CRTC that there is an open investigation to the time that the um, penalty is assessed will depend upon the number of violations that have been incurred. In uh, many examples, there's multiple violations. When a violation occurs, we've had uh, experience that uh, it's mostly because of the calls that are made by realtors or by third-party companies that realtors hire, those calls are sometimes are made to people who are on the do not call list and then they complain to CRTC and after that then CRTC opens an investigation. Usually when they open investigations, there are multiple penalties that may be assessed, or as they call them, violations, because the, there could be a violation for the call itself, there could be a violation for the brokerage, and for the realtor. A lot of times when calls are being made on behalf of a realtor from third-party companies, they have contracts with the realtors, And in those contracts, probably buried somewhere in Clause 32F, is a a clause in there that indemnifies them from any violation that they may come up against. So at the end of the day, it comes back to the uh, realtor who hired that individual company or the brokerage that hired that individual company to make those cold calls for them. The whole process is a long one. Sometimes it's over a year from starting to finish. And it's extremely frustrating for the realtor, extremely frustrating for the brokerage, but it's one that has to, we have to go through. During the course of a um, investigation, you find out in the do not call legislation that there's requirements for us to subscribe to the do not call list. Subscription can be done in a couple of different ways. You can have an annual subscription where an individual or brokerage can pay up to $2,800 for one area code, or there can be an individual phone number registration subscription that you can get for 50 cents per phone number. In the uh, do not call legislation, there's requirements in there for brokerages to have policies in place. And when they go through their, their complete investigation, usually at the end of it, 
the CRTC are going to want to see that brokerages have a policy in place. So it's very important that we do have one and that everyone within the brokerage is compliant with that. I know that uh, there's a lot of times that go through the entire process and the brokerage has to provide proof to CRTC that everyone, including staff in the brokerage, have been trained on the brokerage policies and they comply with them. You have to keep this training going and many times CRTC will say, okay, you have to provide proof to us for three, four, or five years every year that you are providing that training to your brokerage and any updating training that you're providing. So knowing that brokerages are on top of things, they have to be, keep the people trained and uh, know that uh, somebody is watching and that being CRTC. The penalties that are involved are significant. The penalty for a violation for a realtor, one violation could be up to $1,500. And the for the brokerage, there could be an additional penalty of up to $15,000 per violation. As I said, usually there's more than one violation when the CRTC do their investigation. So when you're talking multiple violations, 1,500 times, say, 20, do the math, or 15,000 times 20, do the math. It's significant uh, penalties that brokerages and individual realtors may incur. So I want to caution everyone that um, is out there to be aware of the requirements of the Do Not Call list. Keep on top of things. Set up brokerage training. Make sure that every individual in the brokerage is trained and is compliant and keep records because when CRTC come down and want to find out what you're doing, they're going to be asking for all of these records. So it's imperative that uh, every brokerage keeps records. I hope that you found this information helpful. Again, it's Roger Arsenault at Maxwell Canyon Creek. Thank you. Thank you, Roger, for sharing your experience. Next up is Simon Parham. Simon is a lawyer with CREA and speaks with members regularly about the DNCL and how it pertains to their interactions with clients. In this recording, he walks us through a basic understanding of how the DNCL operates, the most common missteps he has seen realtors make, and why it seems like there's more attention from the CRTC in Alberta than ever before. We hope you enjoy. Well, hi everyone. My name is Simon Parham and I'm one of CREA's lawyers. It's nice to be with you today to talk about the National Do Not Call List. While there hasn't been any recent changes in the law or guidance in this area, the government body responsible for the list, the CRTC, is continuing to take enforcement of the list very seriously, which is why I've been asked to speak to you. What I plan on going over today is a refresher on some of the basics of the law before going into a bit of detail on a few specific hot topics. I'll then wrap up the presentation by highlighting a few resources you can use. Let's begin. The National Do Not Call list contains the names and telephone numbers of people who do not want to receive unsolicited telephone calls from telemarketers. People sign up for the list by registering online on a website portal. They can also register by phone. Numbers that are registered on the National Do Not Call list stay there permanently until a person wants their number removed. Now, if someone changes their telephone number, they will have to register their new telephone number with the National Do Not Call list. They don't want calls with the new number. 
Once the number is added to the list, telemarketers have 31 days after which they cannot call that number. So just to be clear, the types of calls that the National Do Not Call List prohibits are telemarketing calls. Telemarketing is the use of telephony technology to make unsolicited telephone calls to consumers for the purposes of solicitation. Solicitation is selling or promoting a product or service or money. So think cold calls for the purpose of generating new business. That's solicitation and it's caught by law. And realtors that make unsolicited telephone calls are also caught. The basic rule is that, subject to some exemptions, realtors can't call any number on the national do not call list. While there are a number of exceptions to the national do not call list, only a few are applicable to real estate. These include an exception for calls to consumers who have given their consent to being called, an exception for calls to a consumer who has an existing business relationship with your brokerage, and calls to business telephone numbers. There is another exemption relating to surveys that you really won't be able to use, but I'll discuss that later. Let's talk, talk about the exception. The consent exception is fairly self-evident. If the consumer wants you to call them, despite their number being on the list, they can give their consent for you to call. It doesn't have to be in writing, but it must be explicit. Consumers must also specifically agree to be contacted by telephone. Note, however, that even though consent can be given orally, it would be prudent to have a record of the consent in case the CRTC comes knocking. The business-to-business -business exemption is also pretty self-explanatory. Calls to business numbers are not covered by the legislation. Case closed. The business relationship exception is a bit trickier. In particular, how do you know if you're in a business relationship with someone? Well, the law sets that out. An existing business relationship between a person and a brokerage can be created in three ways. First, if the person purchased or leased a product from you within the past 18 months. Second, if a person had a written contract with you that expired within the past 18 months, this one is likely to apply as you may have entered into a listing agreement with someone. Finally, a business relationship is created if a person has made an inquiry with you within the past six months. For example, someone called for a listing presentation. Those are the main exceptions you may be able to rely on. Okay, let's go over the requirements you need to follow if you want to conduct telemarketing. Any brokerage that does telemarketing has to register as a telemarketer with the Government of Canada. You register by going online to the National Do Not Call This website and clicking on the Register Your Organization option. You'll then be prompted to provide some information. Once you've registered, your brokerage will be given some information which you can use to download the list. Now, registration is only the first step. After you register, you will need to purchase a Do Not Call List subscription. There are a few different options for subscribing to the list. You can buy a subscription containing as many as all Canadian area codes or as few as one. The list can be purchased for a term of one month, three months, or one year. And there are different prices depending on what you're subscribing to. Take a look at the Do Not Call List website to see what option makes sense for your brokerage. Keep in mind though that generally speaking, it will be the brokerage and not individual sales representatives who are required to register and subscribe to the list. This is because the brokerage is the legal entity that signs all the contracts and there is a principal agent relationship between the salesperson and the brokerage. However, Note that sharing lists is prohibited. You can definitely not share a list amongst different brokerages, nor can your association or CREA buy a copy of the list and share it with you. At this point, I just want to highlight a few fines under the law. The maximum penalty for each violation is $1,500 for an individual and $15,000 for a corporation. And that's per violation. So just think about that for a second. Even if you're only making a few dozen calls, fines can rapidly build up. So that's pretty much the basics of the National Do Not Call list. 
There are a few other issues that you should be aware of though, and I'd like to cover those now. First, brokerages that have salespersons making telemarketing calls are required to keep and maintain their own internal do not call list as well. Even if you technically qualify for one of the national do not call list exceptions, a consumer still has the right to demand that you not call them. And that request can be made verbally. If someone asks you to not to call them, you have 14 days after that to stop. You're also required by law to maintain their telephone number on your internal do not call list for three years. Second, Canada's do not call list legislation requires you to disclose right away the purpose of your call and the company or individual you're representing. As a result, I recommend you have a prepared script for you or your representative to work from. Third, there is a due diligence defense under the law. However, in order to qualify, a brokerage needs to be able to demonstrate a few things, including that they have established and implemented adequate written policies and procedures to comply with the rules. At the end of the day, what it really comes down to is that the brokerage should have a telemarketing policy and procedure in place, and any policies should be clearly communicated to their agents. Further, Brokerages may want to have a chat with their lawyer about whether any contractual protections can be put in place to ensure they aren't liable for any actions of salespersons who violate their policy. Salespersons, on the other hand, will want to make sure that they are aware of and abide by the brokerage's policies. So that brings me to the next portion of this podcast, enforcement and hot topic. Now, I understand that recently a large number of brokerages in Western Canada have received letters from the CRTC regarding the do not call list. And the question you may be wondering is, why now? The first thing to know is that the CRTC is a complaint-driven body. So they take all complaints they get and then they triage them using an internal priority system. Several years ago, there was a large number of complaints against a company known as Hamel Systems d'Information, which operated a telemarketing service known as Telelisting. Telelisting appears to have been a service used by real estate brokerages and salespersons to generate leads. The CRTC took enforcement actions against Hamel System in 2015 and levied a $260,000 AMP, which is a fancy word fine, against them for unlawfully providing real estate agents and brokers with access to the contents of the national do not call list. However, that wasn't the end of the matter. Although Hamel System was violating the law by sharing a list in the use of its services, so were brokerages that used the service without registering and subscribing to the national do not call list themselves. As a result, the CRTC has investigated in some cases taken enforcement action against some brokerages as well. Now, because of the large number of brokerages that use telelisting, the CRTC has told us that for administrative efficiency, they split its enforcement into several stages. Toronto area brokerages were investigated in 2016, Quebec brokerages were examined in 2017, and in 2019, the CRTC started targeting Western Canada. Now, the CRTC has told us that Hamel System isn't the only third-party service marketing themselves as a lead generation company to real estate brokerages. They have indicated that there are other companies and they're investigating sending warning letters of notices and notices of violation for breaking the law and also investing the brokerages to hire these companies. So that's why some of you may be receiving enforcement letters now. So what does the CRTC say are the biggest problem areas for brokerages? By far, the biggest problem area is hiring a company to run your do not call list business, but not actually registering or subscribing to list yourself. Brokerages can't just hire some company to run their telemarketing operations and think they don't have to register or subscribe. It's not how a list works. If any of your salespeople are making solicitation calls, the brokerage must be registered and subscribed to the list. The only practical exception to this would be is if all the calls your salespeople are making were exempt under national do not call list rules. But even in that case, the brokerage still needs to register with the CRTC. The buck ultimately stops with the brokerage not the salespeople or the companies you hire. 
Now, some of these technology companies are actually pretty aggressive with their sales pitches. For that reason, you shouldn't just blindly trust them. The second biggest problem area is attempting to disguise a solicitation call as a survey. The reason why some realtors may be tempted to do this is that there is a survey exemption under law. The trick here is that as soon as there is any solicitation component to the call, the exception no longer applies. So it's very narrow and therefore effectively useless to realtors looking to make cold calls. The last problem is brokers keeping inadequate do not call list records. The reason why this is important is that there are exemptions under the do not call list for people you have a business relationship with. But if you're going to rely on that exemption, you need to be able to demonstrate to the CRTC that you actually had a relationship with the person you're calling. Now, I know I provided you with a lot of information today, and I know it might be a bit scary, but don't panic. You don't need to memorize everything I've said because if you forget anything, you can re-listen to this podcast or look up the resources Korea has prepared and posted on RealtorLink on the National Do Not Call list. Or you can read about the list on Korea's blog, which contains a number of relevant articles. Finally, don't forget that the CRTC has lots of information online. Just do a quick Google search and you'll find it. Take the time to read everything, and with a bit of preparation, you'll find this law isn't so scary after all. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Don't forget to check out Korea's resources on this topic, including several articles Simon has authored in the Korea Cafe. This final recording is provided to us by the CRTC. Danilyn Wood and Christina Beck speak with myself from Ottawa to chat about the DNCL in general, then specifically to realtors and what you can do to protect yourself and the consumers whom you're interacting with. We hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, my name is Michelle Perro. I'm the Senior Professional Development Advisor at AREA. Thanks so much for joining us today to have this conversation with a couple of representatives from the CRTC here to talk to us today about the Do Not Call list. I'll let them introduce themselves to you. Thank you very much, Michelle. Uh, hello to everyone. My name is Danilyn Wood, and I'm a Senior Advisor in Compliance and Enforcement at the CRTC. I joined the Commission in 2012 to help set up uh, the development of the Canada's Anti-Spam Enforcement Program. And before that, I was drafting policy and regulations uh, for that program at Industry Canada. And currently, right now, my role is I'm responsible for domestic and international partnership development for all programs that fall under the compliance and enforcement sector. Hi, everyone. My name is Christina Beck, and I'm a Senior Enforcement Officer with the CRTC's Compliance and Enforcement Sector. Uh, I've been working in telecommunications enforcement for about 10 years, since approximately 2010, so very, very recently after the launch of Canada's National Do Not Call List, and I am a subject matter on Canada's National Do Not Call List program. Excellent. Thank you both so much for being here. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the CRTC's mandate and what you are specifically responsible for with regards to enforcing it? So thank you, Michelle. Um, just before we do an overview of what we're responsible at the CRTC, uh, just a quick legal disclaimer. Um, what Christina and I are here to share with you today and what you're going to hear from us is really just staff level guidance. Um, it's not binding on the commission, but it's really meant to help inform you um, of the rules and the issues that we're seeing um, with respect to the real estate sector. And it's really so that you can go back, review your business practices um, and understand your obligations under uh, do not call program. So the Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission, also known as the CRTC, which will be referred to as that after, uh, we're an independent tribunal 
but as well as being um, Canada's uh, broadcasting and telecommunications regulator, we're also responsible for enforcing uh, additional programs that fall under uh, what I'll refer to as uh, unsolicited communications. So although we're here to talk about our, our do not call enforcement regime, um, we felt it was really important to note that we're the same group that enforces Canada's anti-spam legislation or CASEL. And so CASEL essentially provides obligations for businesses and individuals who are sending commercial electronic messages. So for example, before clicking send on a commercial email to seek new clients or to share new listings for potential purpose, you have to be sure you have three main things. So that would be the consent of the recipient. Um, there's identification requirements that have to be included, uh, as well as an unsubscribe mechanism. So the person that you're sending the message to essentially uh, can unsubscribe from receiving uh, future messages from you. And Castle also covers uh, other activities such as network rerouting or installation of computer programs, but we can sort of save those types of details on that program for a part two uh, if members really find that it would, they would want more information on sort of how that relates to brokers and agents um, when conducting that sort of activity. So what we're here to talk about today is the National Do Not Call List, and it falls under our telecommunications enforcement regime. Um, so essentially, it's a set of rules, and we call them the unsolicited telecommunication rules. And they set out obligations for when folks are making telemarketing calls or solicitation calls. And it's really when it falls under that marketing for goods and services. So if we take the example that I just spoke about, uh, but we include it under phone calls, an agent is looking uh, to use phone calls as a way to generate new business, uh, there are rules that they need to follow uh, and they need to adhere to them before actually picking up the phone. So we enforce the national do not call list as well. And this is where Canadians can register their numbers. So if they do not want to receive these types of phone calls. And so businesses must register and actually subscribe to this list before making these types of calls as to not contact those Canadians who have told the CRTC that they would not like to receive those types of phone calls. But really, Christine is going to kind of go over that and share what that is really means and what importance that is for agents um, and brokers who are engaging in this sort of type of activity. So for both CASEL and the Do Not Call programs, uh, we're also responsible for collecting the complaints from Canadians about the unwanted communications that they're receiving. So we operate what's called the Spam Reporting Centre, and this receives spam complaints from Canadians, and our Do Not Call operator collects the unwanted call complaints on our behalf. Um, and although these aren't our only data sources that we use to sort of conduct, run our investigations, each of the messages uh, that we receive through either the operator or our spam reporting center are extremely important to us to sort of tell us that they're each an important piece of the puzzle. And it really helps us uh, with a clearer picture on where we for focus our compliance and enforcement activities. And it's really ultimately to serve Canadians um, under these programs. So with regards to the National Do Not Call List program and the unsolicited telecommunications rules specifically, um, this program and the associated rules were developed to help prevent undue nuisance and inconvenience to Canadians. Uh, as Dana mentioned, they achieve this by giving Canadians a place where they can register their personal numbers, which indicates they no longer wish to receive unsolicited calls. To date, more than 14 million numbers have been registered by Canadians on Canada's National Do Not Call List. The rules also outline specific provisions for people or organizations who make unsolicited calls to abide by. Some of these rules relate to identification requirements, allowable calling hours, and the need to maintain their own internal do not call list at the organization level. 
These rules and other guidance can be found on the CRTC website under the phone tab if people want additional information. If a Canadian consumer receives an unsolicited call that they believe violates the unsolicited telecommunications rules, they can submit a complaint with our national do not call list operator, which is an independent third party. To date, since the launch of the list in 2008, we've received over 1.3 million complaints from Canadians. So this is an average of more than 250 a day. This service is available online or over the phone and uh, Canadians submit complaints at a very high frequency throughout the year. The National Do Not Call List Operator website and call center also provides helpful information for people or organizations who wish to make unsolicited calls, sort of known as telemarketers, and how to ensure that they are compliant with the rules. This can be achieved through either the FAQ section or by providing a mechanism to register and subscribe with the National Do Not Call List through their website. Uh, A major highlight of our compliance and enforcement efforts is that to date, there have been more than 3,000 investigations launched since the program began. A few highlights of our 2018-2019 fiscal year was there were 287 investigations launched, 49 citations issued, over 400 warning letters, and 25 notices of violations with an associated administrative monetary penalty, which totaled more than $300,000. In addition to our compliance and enforcement measures, which have sort of a typical, you know, either citation or notice of violation enforcement tool, the CRTC also leverages regulatory and policy measures to try and reduce unwanted and illegitimate telecommunications. One such regulatory measure is universal call blocking, which came into effect in December of 2019. Universal call blocking is an opt-in service offered by telecom service providers that will block incoming calls where the number doesn't conform to the North American numbering plan or to standard dialable numbers, such as if the incoming telephone number is, you know, 15 digits long or consists of all zeros or all ones, these calls, as they route through the network, will automatically be blocked. The CRTC has also mandated that all telecom service providers implement technical solutions for call verification and call certification. These solutions use tokens and certificates to verify caller ID information with the goal of providing that information to the recipient who can then decide whether or not they should answer the call or trust that the caller is who they say they are. Lastly, the CRTC has tasked the telecom industry to develop an industry-wide nuisance call traceback process. This process will be used in order to better determine the origin of nuisance calls by tracing the path of calls from the recipient back to the originating carrier. This traceback process is still in development, and so there were reports that are still to come. Excellent. Thank you both so much. That was a really great summary of what exactly the CRTC offers with regards to the do not call list. I think I'd love to learn a little bit more about the specifics related to the real estate sector, if you don't mind sharing that. Absolutely. So one big trend we see associated with the real estate industry is the use of lead generators. Lead generation has been an issue in the telemarketing space for a long time. Also, real estate is an industry that Canadians are consistently submitting complaints about. In response to this ongoing trend, the CRTC staff has recently taken some enforcement actions against numerous real estate brokerages and agents, resulting in numerous negotiated settlements, notices of violation, citations, and warning letters. A key element of these enforcement measures surround the need to register and subscribe to the National Do Not Call list and then scrub your calling list against the subscriptions that were purchased prior to making any unsolicited calls. The common element most 
in most of these um, recent enforcement measures was the use of a third party. So situations where either a real estate agent or a brokerage or a group of agents hires a third party, the third party says they're going to call uh, Canadians to see if they're interested in selling their house or speaking to a real estate agent. And then these leads are sold back to the real estate agent. However, in the rules, it specifies that the client at the brokerage level is responsible for registering and subscribing. So by not having those two key elements in place, the agent and the brokerage are vicariously liable for the actions of the lead generation company. Right. So what then, what guidance is available for real estate agents and brokers to assist with these types of situations? So one key element that they need to focus on is a section of the Telecommunications Act, which I just referred to, which is the vicarious liability provision. Specifically, this means that any calls made by a lead generator or third party hired to make calls on a person or organization's behalf that result in violations of the rules, the client who hired the third party is liable for those violations. To elaborate on exactly what level the registration and subscription needs to occur at, there is a CRTC info bulletin on our website which is number 2009-283. In this info bulletin, there are details exactly about what needs to happen and who needs to register and subscribe. Accordingly, brokerages are responsible for registering with and providing information to the National Do Not Call operator. After becoming a registered subscriber and paying all applicable fees to the extent that their agents initiate telemarketing telecommunications. If at any point in time, a real estate agent or a brokerage is told by a lead generator or a third party that they do not need to provide their registration or subscription, that the lead generator will take care of it, there could be a violation occurring. That is not a proper compliance mechanism for the unsolicited telecommunications rules. And additionally, um, the information that we have available to folks, at the end of the day, compliance is the main goal, right? So our main goal is to really speak with folks, get out there, promote compliance, share information regarding obligations, and also the issues that we're seeing uh, on the opposite side. So by Christina explaining here today um, the types of cases and and issues and complaints we've received from Canadians, we're really hoping that um, folks will be able to get out of this, go back, look at their own practices, policies, and procedures um, to see if this is the type of activity that they're engaging in, um, and maybe they could tweak their programs or confirm whether or not they're, they may or may not be committing uh, various types of violations. So really, with that main goal of promoting compliance, um, it, it's really important for us to take these ta- opportunities to speak with your members. So big thank you very much for allowing us to, to come and speak here today. Um, because if we don't have these types of opportunities, we don't actually, it, it's really difficult for us to achieve our goal. But additional information that we have for folks, I, I do go out and speak with a number of small and medium-sized businesses or associations very regularly. And one of the things that always comes up for me is, you know, folks, especially the real estate sector, it's heavily regulated in a number of different areas that I couldn't possibly imagine. You know, they say to me, Dana, I, I, I don't have, uh, you know, hours and hours to sink into this every day. I've got, you know, potentially minutes. So like, what are, what are some of the things I should be thinking about? And what are some of the common best practices and, and tips for compliance? So, you know, from that, I've actually, uh, we've actually come up with a, a couple of really great, um, things that folks can think about as they're doing their day-to-day activities when marketing and soliciting to consumers um, on this. So 
one of the things, first and foremost, if you're going to be making telemarketing calls, you need to register and subscribe to the national do not call list. Exactly what Christina had said. So the registration is actually free and the details can be found on our site. So if you think you're going to be making phone calls, please err on the side of caution and register with the, with the operator. It's really important to keep that internal do not call list. Um, this is the scrubbing of the list against the national do not call list. But when you contact folks, whether or not you've had a business relationship with them before, or you've obtained um, their consent in some other fashion, if they explain to you that they no longer wish to receive phone calls from you, uh, you need to remove um, their number from your list and, and not respect their right not to be contacted again. And that's your responsibility to keep that list up to date. One of the other things is uh, if you're a broker or if you have staff, um, setting up some sort of corporate compliance program. I know that sounds like big words, but it really doesn't have to be. This is making sure that you have policies in place, uh, proper training for folks when we bring them on board, and everybody understands the type of procedures. Uh, For example, we follow these types of procedures when told people are supposed to be removed from lists. Uh, This is very important. This also shows the CRTC your due diligence in this area, uh, should you ever be called upon um, for any potential violations. And it's really helpful for both parties in in that sort of process. And from that, ultimately, maintain accurate records. So if you are, you know, if you've got call scripts or call logs, um, you know, and you've got folks that are making calls on your behalf, please keep copies of that. Copies of your uh, registration and subscription that we just spoke about. Um, And also very, very important third-party contracts. So if you're entering into any type of lead generation contract, making sure that it's clear that, you know, we aren't going to, uh, folks or parties involved will not be in violation of the rules, following up with that and keeping contact of your, of your, uh, or copies of your contracts. Sorry, my apologies. And I think at the end of the day, Michelle, one thing that's really important that people need to understand is that if you are in doubt, please just ask us. So we have a, an entire client services department at the CRTC where their sole job is to make sure that they are responding to questions regarding any types of files or, or any of, and, and under the whole mandate of the CRTC. And uh, from the questions that we receive, we have subject matter experts that are able to provide, you know, information. We don't provide legal advice, but we definitely have a lot of great materials that are on our website. And those folks at client services are very, very much the experts in pointing people into the right direction. So if in doubt, just ask, and we will be sure to provide you with each of the links of the materials that we discussed here today. And we're always available uh, to answer questions at the commission. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much. That was a lot of really useful information. And if, like you said, if our members aren't sure, they they have people that they can reach out to to find the right information. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you Michelle. Take care. We hope you found this episode informative and that it has clarified some of the uncertainty around the do not call us requirements in the real estate industry. We would love to hear from you about our In Your Area podcast. Please reach out at pd at albertarealtor.ca. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you the next time we are in your area.